0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City. Here are your middle-aged warriors, Chris Semino and Rick Summers.
1: And a ho, ho, ho to you, (laughs) ho, ho, ho. Yes. (laughs) Welcome to uh, episode thirty-five of the Middle-Aged Warriors and. We're less than two weeks away from Christmas and already started the Hanukkah season. So, uh, happy Hanukkah to those celebrating. And, uh, you know, the holiday season may be bringing, maybe bringing sort of a Christmas gift uh, towards this pandemic or a Hanukkah gift, if you will, eventually down the road. Maybe a little late in getting to most of us. But uh, as of we're speaking right now, Rick, uh, the FDA has approved a vaccine for at least the first vaccine for this yeah the 19 virus
0: well you know what it's a it's a start it's the light at the end of the tunnel and um essentially it's not an oncoming train
1: no and and hopefully this will have the train leaving this terminable station we've been stuck in and not a very good one that's for sure and today actually uh, we do have a very special guest that we're going to talk to about all the details of the vaccine and. And the virus as well and we're going to get to that in a little bit but uh, anything else on your mind as we uh, get closer to and we're in the midst of the holidays
0: no it's uh, just that the the shutdown of restaurants in new york is depressing um the, the weather at the time we're recording this is depressing um and other than that life is good well and by the way there may be
1: a snowstorm coming uh, to the city in the next few days so I'm i heard my, that put my meteorological hat back on, but but in the meantime, uh, on the serious side of things, and hopefully in the the not too long range future, uh, again, we're talking about uh, finding a vaccine That's uh, a lot of folks are still questioning whether or not they want to take it or not, but that's why we have our special guest today, and I guess uh, let's get to it, right? Let's do it. All right, so let's get to our special guest, Dr. Brian McDonough. He's a clinical professor of family medicine and community health at Temple University's School of Medicine in Philadelphia. And uh, also no stranger to the microphone, right, Rick?
0: No, uh, it looks like you've been around the corner a time or two. Uh, I know you have a, a, a great history in radio at KYW, which is a legendary station in Philadelphia. And of course 1010 wins here in new york and also a lot of tv experience as well so you're no stranger to the microphone and uh, we are glad to have you and i've got to tell you i've listened to you for years so I'm just thrilled that you carved out some time to talk to us about this very topical and very very critical information that we're learning about the pandemic big theme right now the big story obviously as of
1: yesterday was that the vaccine is uh, now going to become available. So, uh, Dr. Brian, first of all, I think the last time I saw you, we mm-hmm. were together on the Today Show, uh, doing something. May may have been the last time I did. Yes, in person. But you've got to. Probably- I think it is
2: last time. And uh, yeah, that no, last time. And one of my favorite stories about Today Show is you know you get they get you there super early. You go the mm-hmm. night before, and um, I remember I would brought my wife a couple times, and she loved the dinner, and she loved that, but. Getting up at 4 a.m. to get into the Today Show she didn't really explain uh, <laughs> her yeah. after a couple of weeks, and she's like, "You could go yourself." Yeah, next, was, yeah. It was it was, <laughs> <weekend>. <laughs> it was, it was a great experience, and again, reaching out to a lot of people. In fact, one of the times I remember you were there wasn't the how you did it. I was actually talking about this new vaccine for rotavirus, and Rotatex has been around for mm. 20 years, and it right. shows how you know the evolution of a vaccine, and you don't hear about rotavirus like you did 25 years ago because of the vaccine, and we hope we get to the same path with this as well.
1: So let's get into it. You have a podcast or video blog, I'm not sure how we want to categorize it, but it's called Coronavirus Today, and you started that pretty early on when this virus started breaking out. What, what inspired you, first of all, to do that? Well, I mean, it was
2: early. It was early on. I mean, I'm talking, I think the first one was late January. and I started to do it daily. I was very naive. It was radio. It was coronavirus today. And I wanted it just to be five minutes. And I wanted it, and it still is, to not have any advertising or any secondary gain. It was just going to be pure information because I felt, boy, was I looking into the future, I felt that there was a lot of misinformation out there. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted it to be a trusted source. Um, And that was really the reason just to give, I'm in the real world, I'm treating patients with it. Uh, If you go back and listen, there's over 150 of them now because I started doing it twice a week and once a week when it's only when it's necessary. And if you go back and listen, like early on, I mean, when they say people were saying don't wear a mask, I'm like, no, I was saying wear a mask like within two weeks and consistently and keep social distancing. There was never... A question about that, and actually uh, one of the ones I did, well, what we ended up doing was expanding it also to YouTube mm-hmm. uh, because I you know, I said, well, why don't I do video as well? And they're really basic, just same thing, one- and two-minute things mm-hmm. where if you look up Dr. Brian McDonough, I have a YouTube site, and it's on YouTube, and it's, it was another way to reach people. Sure. But one of my favorite ones I did, uh, and it's unbelievable, it's sad, but it's something it was done in March or April, Hair is terrible. It's all you know, puffed up because the couldn't a haircut. I looked like hell. And I came in and I basically am going, the virus doesn't change. The virus doesn't change. And I went through numbers and I wasn't predicting. I just said, where we are now, I said then was going to happen. And I looked at it and I said, oh my God, you're so right. Because if we don't change our behavior and we don't make these changes, this is what the virus will do. Mm. And it's it's as predicted. Because right. it doesn't care. It doesn't care about political party. It doesn't care no. if you're male, female, young, old, have a family. It, it it'll do what it does because that's how it survives.
0: I think that it's an equal opportunity offender.
2: <laughs> yes. Um <laughs> and and even when certain groups do worse they usually do worse because of the events that have led them to the time they get the virus so if you look at certain communities uh, that like especially those are underserved or don't have many of the access minority groups if you look at these groups it's the things that that have led them to where they are now such as diet proper foods exercise exactly secondary habits all those things that's what the virus is attacking Mm-hmm. people are getting care to the extent we can give care pretty much across the country. So there is not a problem with tests or care or things to a large extent. The problem is it shows this virus has really picked apart everything that's wrong in our society. I mean, the biggest thing I got out of this and have learned is, you know what, if we don't start treating everybody the same, you know, we're on this ship together, we're all going to sink together. And no one's any better than anyone else. And healthcare teaches you that. You know, you get these artificial things, I'm successful, I've got a better car, I have money, I have this, Mm -hmm. I'm a certain color, I'm a certain race. It doesn't Doesn't
0: matter matter. when it comes
2: down to it. I get the virus, you get the virus, Uh, someone in Canada gets the virus or Australia, it's going to be a very similar response because that's we're all
1: human but to something you brought up, and, and this has been sort of in the forefront of my thinking in going through this this virus and, and watching what it's doing to all of us and maybe not to some of us, taking care of yourself and, and your immune system and your, and your gut health, how really vital that is. I think we've lost that perspective. And when this virus comes in contact with a weakened human being, with not a great immune system, obviously it's going to run wild as opposed to maybe, if we focus more on taking care of ourselves and eating healthier food. And, you know, you know the you know, the deal. I don't need to tell a doctor this. <laughs> Chris,
2: you're right. I think, I think what you're saying is so true. Um, I'll probably get the vaccine in a week or two. I mean, I'll be one of the first ones cause I'm treating people mm-hmm. with COVID and I'm wearing the PPE. So I know in my view for many people is you either going to get the virus or you're going to get the vaccine. I'll take my chances with a vaccine because it certainly what I've seen from the virus, I'd rather not be facing that. I still will wear a mask. I still will wear PP. I'll still do social distancing. But what I'll tell you, and, and to a, you know, we're all human, but to the extent I can, um, I started a treadmill program nothing big, but just 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it pretty much four or five times a week to do whatever I can that if I get this, that I'm gonna be prepared. And I'm even approaching it the same way with the vaccine. Like, I'm I'm one of these people, like, doctors are the same as everybody else. you know, you're going to get some blood tests, you kind of eat well for a few days to make sure the blood tests you (laughs) take the doctor. Well, I'm kind of like taking the vaccine. I'm looking at it like, all right, I got like a week or so, I want to be really on my game because Mm -hmm. if there's side effects, I hope I can reduce it by what I'm doing. Because frankly, we don't know a lot yet. It's new and, uh, you know, I'm just playing percentages.
1: And and let's get to that, because there's a lot of question out there, and there are a lot of folks, again, who've turned this, as unfortunate this whole scenario has been turned into a a political football at times and and taking sides, and yet this is something that impacts all of us. But there's a lot of question, a lot of doubt, a lot of fear about the vaccine. If the first one was just approved, you're saying you will definitely take it. You're obviously a frontline person treating others, but what should people be concerned about if anything and when we talk about side effects don't most drugs don't mo- do- doesn't even the the normal flu shot there are people who get side effects so what are we talking about i mean obviously as you hinted we don't know yet because a large number of people haven't received it but but typically from your knowledge what types of side effects would something like this possibly cause
2: well First of all, you're right with what you say. Every vaccine, every medication, essentially what it does good for you is also a side effect. If you think about it, a side right. effect stop it, like, but so you're going to have that. And because we're all different and we all are unique in certain ways, certain things could be made worse or better. The, the side effects that they've seen in testing, you're talking 40,000 people, depending on what study ours is You're you're looking at what we saw was headache, slight fever, chills, muscle aches, you feel bad for a day or two, you know, your people go, oh, I feel horrible. And then they, and they bounce back. What we have not seen, although we're still early in studies, you haven't seen things like the brain fog or, or clots or other things that, you know, you really were. I worry the most about with COVID. I worry about all the people who you know, get it and they think they're doing fine and then they go forward. So, so we haven't seen that. But what we're looking at are certain groups. For instance, it has not been tested in pregnant women. Mm -hmm. Okay, it has not been tested in pediatric patients. So right away, I'm going, you know, I'm going to be, that should be a screening question. Are you pregnant? Are you thinking of becoming pregnant shortly? You know, you want to see that. Uh, If it's pediatric, you'll want to see that because if it's not been tested, again, is that a group? When you look at somebody younger, is that really a group that really needs it, like a healthcare worker or someone who's a senior citizen? Let's say, look at that risk versus benefit. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to look at. Now, here is what I see. This is my I'm in a weird position because I've been practicing all these years and i have been doing media all these years. So I kind of lived in both worlds and grown up in them. You know, I know the seamless underbelly of both, but I know the great stuff. <laughs> Here's what I can tell you. And it was, at least in my experience, not since early in my career when there was HIV, has there been any, any health issue that has gotten the attention of COVID. And, you know, it's front... Center everybody's mind. I know the media. If there is some dramatic effect, if somebody says anything, I don't know. The virus in or the vaccine might increase the risk of macular degeneration. I made that up. It doesn't. We don't know that. But let's just say that. Mm-hmm. That becomes you could be blind as a result. I mean, just imagine what social media can do with this. What what mm-hmm talk shows that are trying to get ratings can do. I mean, even your KYWs or Winses, which are going to really vet it down are going to do the best they can, United you know, But other people, there's so many venues to do it. My daughter is 24. She's home with us. She lives in Hobo. But she asked me last night, she goes, you know, I heard it might make you sterile. I go, what, the vaccine? I go, why? She goes, well, I heard that. It's all over the internet. I said, no. I said, there's no reason why it would. Now, you're asking me, you ask me point blank, can it make you start I don't say well gee I don't know so, but there's no reason to think it would just like there's no reason to think it will increase dementia or knee pain or you know you could go right down the list mm-hmm. so it's new I can tell you this and this is the important thing the way it works and this is what I think is the most important thing it's different than any other type of vaccine we've had this these first two it's called an mrna vaccine in mm-hmm. in in a nutshell what it does is it's, it's, you get it injected and it causes, this mRNA causes your body to make a protein. A protein that has, you've seen that big picture of the COVID, well, yeah. with all the spikes. I, I, I'm simplifying it, but it makes a little part of one spike for your body. Because the spike's the part that causes the problem. So you get that little bit of one spike and your body then attacks it and your immune system can overwhelm that little spike, because it's only a little spike. And you then, if you are exposed to the virus, have a better chance of beating it because you've already revved up your immune system. You've already seen the virus. That's what it's doing. So it's not a live virus that you're putting into somebody's body. It's not a killed virus. It's an mRNA. It's like a little bit of a gene. Now, what I don't know is because we've never used mRNA vaccines before, does it? Well, will it affect other RNA? Will it, I mean, I, we don't know that, but there's no reason to believe it. And there's a person I've trusted forever, and uh, his name was Paul Offit. And Paul Offit's at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. He invented, talk about rotavirus, we were talking about a rotavirus vaccine earlier. Rotavirus, he invented the virus, and it's called, the vaccine called Rotatec. In fact, the first time I did a story, I said there's a new vaccine called RotateQ. And he (laughs) called me at 6 in the morning and said, Brian, Brian, you're pronouncing it wrong. Change the tape. It's (laughs) (laughs) It's RotateQ. I (laughs) said, oh, because it was new. So, And he told me, but he's been watching vaccines forever, and he's saying, I can't tell you it's 100% safe, but I can tell you we're going to watch it, and we don't don't believe there's any things out here that are red flags. So I look at it, honestly, you can get COVID, or you can get this, because they're your options. Obviously, wear a mask, social distance, but if it doesn't work or you lapse, that's what people do sometimes, I'd like to have the vaccine in my system.
0: You know, it's funny, I watch uh, the evening news and all the medical ads that run between 6.30 and 7, and they all come with disclaimers that say, this drug may make you prone to losing your hair or having a hangnail or having sniffles every morning when you wake up. And I get to the point after seeing so many of these ads that I say to myself, you know what, I'll take the disease.
2: No, I know what you mean Ricky, you, you look at some of these things because they you know legally they have to put everything in there, but you do look at it and, and I always look at that every time I give a patient something, I'm going, well you know you do it enough times, statistically something's going to happen. Um, first day in the UK, two people had anaphylactic reactions right? see anaphylactic reactions for every vaccine. When you get a vaccine, you have to stay in the office for 15 minutes. It's, it's commonplace because they want to watch you to see if you have a reaction. That's always what we do. You know, I don't know if, you know, the thing starts really kicking in in 24 hours. Are they going to have the reaction in 24 hours rather than 15 minutes? Like, we don't know those kind of things. But if you, to the media explanation, oh my gosh, it got so much attention because every little thing related to this vaccine will get attention, especially now that it's here in the U.S. and it'll be there. And I'm just trying to manage expectations because the big picture, I, I never get political, but I know I probably... The only time I got political was when I was talking about the concept of herd immunity. There had been those who were saying that herd immunity can be done naturally. So if a, let's just say a virus kills 1%. If everybody gets it, the way you protect everybody is most people get the vaccine and only 1% will die. Well, one 1% is 330 million people, 3.3 million people dying is not something you can accept. And if it's 0.75, I won't accept 2.7 billion dying. Of it. That's what you can't accept. But herd immunity with a vaccine is a good thing, because when you get to a number, and the number is 70%, if 70% of us either have the vaccine or got it naturally, that means we all have antibodies, which means the virus has fewer places to go. Mm -hmm. So if right now, all we got are masks. And if you got the mask, they're pretty darn good. You can protect yourself very well. Now, if you add masks to the vaccine, and those who got it naturally, the virus has fewer Fewer and fewer places to go. Right now, we are at the most dangerous point since the pandemic started at, at the post Thanksgiving travel and all that, I mean, it's all over the country and you, you can go to the store, there's probably two or three people everywhere who are positive and don't even know it. And that's what you have to realize. This is when it's heating up, and that's why, unfortunately, our hospitals are you know bursting at the seams throughout the country.
1: Let me ask you another question about the vaccine again, though. Uh, this is going to be, from what I understood, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's a two-shot ordeal. Do you have to. Now, do you think number one? I don't remember any other vaccines in the past that were like that, but I'm sure there were. And do you think that might make it more difficult to make people follow through on this? What, uh, what, you know, how do we
2: get that? Yeah, that's all we've been talking about. It, it, Personally, there are some, like the shingles vaccine, it's a two-shot, there's some. What it is, the Pfizer one, you have to go back, I think it's three weeks, and Moderna four weeks, or there's a, once one three weeks, one four weeks. So what we're doing is, let's say I get the shot, I have to go back, let's say, in three weeks. The issue is going to be, the first shot might protect you as much as, let's say, I don't know, 35 to 65% if you get exposed. By that, I mean, either won't get the virus or you'll get less symptoms. Mm-hmm. You get the second shot, it might go up to 85 or 90%. Like you're Like still never totally protected, but it really helps your eyes. And if you get it, it's a much weaker course of disease. You're almost an old even an old guy like me and, and react like a 12-year-old with your immune system. That's what you're hoping to get from the vaccine, if you can get it. But once you get the herd immunity, you then have a decreased chance of really getting it. Now, here's the problem. Let's say I get really bad muscle aches, and my muscle aches are really getting annoying. I'm, get, I'm really frustrated with the whole thing. I might not get the second shot because I go, I don't want to go through this again. Right. There's going to be a certain percentage of people I go, like, I, I felt like sick as a dog, no pun intended, but <laughs> I felt really bad and I I don't know what to do. I'm not going to get it. So it's on us to keep encouraging people to try and uh, do what they can to get the vaccine and, and follow through. And And remember, <laughs> I'm a family doctor. You know, we're pretty good at what we do, but you know, You talk about organization, you know, keeping all these records and making sure that people got it. I mean, you think about, you know, it's these, this is going to be tough. So a lot of ownership also is going to be on people saying, wait a minute, I got to get my second. So there will be, I think there's going to be cracks in the armor. Unfortunately.
0: Are you upbeat? I mean, do you think that we are rounding a corner? If I may use a political term that was seemingly misappropriately used months ago.
2: I, I will tell you, I do think so. I think, um, you know, my wife and I were talking, I mean, I'm like, probably every couple does, and every family, I was talking about how, you know, I really just want to go away for a week somewhere, I just want to get away from this, I mean, I just want to get out of the house, I mean, all I do is I go to work, see patients with COVID, other patients, and then come home, and just do it, do it, live in fear that we're going to get it, or give it to someone, and I don't care who you are, you get to a point where it starts to eat you alive, and I think a lot of people, the reason we saw the problems at Thanksgiving, I don't, I think people should, be smart, but I can see what happened. People finally said, I can't take it anymore. I've got a family. Mm -hmm. Or I just can't, you can't do this. And I think the fact that there is some hope now, and it's tangible hope. I mean, I have never heard of vaccines having, you know, 85 to 95% effectiveness. I mean, the flu vaccines, we're happy if they're 40 to 50. So if we get this kind of response, and we can do it, we may have vaccines we may be getting, might be like the flu shot. We get, might be getting COVID vaccine for the next five, ten years. I'll take that if you know I don't eventually have to wear a mask anymore and I can have dinner with with friends or, you know, my wife and I would go out. You know, talk about middle aged warriors. Sometimes we go to a place like a Wheel of Hands or a, you know, just to watch other people. Right. You know, you can have, <laughs> have a glass of wine and you can watch other people and enjoy being social. Right. right. The interactions you'd have at the store. I mean, I, I, because I'm doing, I shop. I just, I'm in and out like, like, like I'm on a race against time, you know, just flying by people. I mean, that's usually where you got together and saw somebody at the hardware store. So all the things we don't have, and think about our, you know, teens and you know, people. I mentioned my 24 year old. She's like, my other two, one's married, one's a significant other. She doesn't, and she's like, you know, forget meeting anybody. I mean, (laughs) are you gonna meet? I mean, you know, think about that whole generation. Yeah. They're, like they're, it's they're being responsible as they can, and, and unfortunately, so this is where it's going to help. It's going to bring people back to life, and I think that's so critical.
1: So you know, you brought up teams and going to these large gatherings and sporting events. Eventually, that has to come back. And I saw something the other day, and I wanted to get your perspective on this, where they were not going, the the game plan, at least in in the mind of this particular stadium and organization, I, I think it may have even been a soccer team, but in order to get in, eventually when things get better, you would have to have on your phone sort of like a barcode showing that you have been vaccinated in order to get in. Are we overstepping a little bit the terms, you know, like this is where the politics and the freedoms and the things kind of start to get messy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I know it's it's, um,
1: a good idea. I mean, how do you feel about that? It it is. It's a tough one.
2: I mean, I, it bothers me, honestly, if organizations and people can start doing that. I think I've always been a supporter, for instance, when you're entering school that we have a list of the vaccines you've had to protect others because vaccines only work if we all get them. So if people haven't had them, it, it allows you to track them. But that's like, that's an official thing. You're going to school. Uh, You know, to participate in the local soccer league, like, I I don't, that's very personal information, Mm. and I think that would be something that, you know, all along I said, uh, there should not be a mask mandate, but all along I said the message should have been, I'm wearing a mask. I mean, I will tell you now that the election's over, if I was president, it would have been the easiest way to win an election. Is just say we're all in this together. We got to fight together. I I don't know how you'd lose. Every politician who's ever been during wartime, whatever, they do great because we all rally together. Right. But there was for some reason, and I can't judge. And I'm not saying it was just the president. It was just there was a, 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 a an intent to say that something about wearing a mask was offensive. Mm-hmm. It is offensive if somebody tells you you must. But if they tell you, let's get together and. We can all do it together. I think most people would would wear it. Now we're down that road further, but but initially, I think most people said, oh, I'll do that." It's not hard. I mean, I wear a seatbelt. I, you know, I there's there certain things you do to protect others in society and protect yourself.
1: It's in the and, it's in and, the, it's in the messaging, and it was not done very well from. Yeah, level. and
2: I don't, you know, I yeah, I don't, well, a, a, <laughs> I don't get it. But as a physician, the reason I did coronavirus today is I without ever bringing up anyone, and I can bring things up now that elections are over because mm-hmm. you could just talk in the kind of like with the view of history. I could talk about Abraham Lincoln and John F. Kennedy and Donald Trump in the same way now. when I talk about it I go missed opportunities. you know oh, yeah. and, 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 but we as physicians and others had to keep saying, you know, God bless Dr. Fauci, keep saying what is right and stay with the science because that's not personal it's not political and the virus is not personal or political and I think and the vaccine isn't personal or political but you bring up a good point when when they start to ask questions like that it's for greater minds than me but I I would think you know there's an advantage to everybody being vaccinated but I don't think everybody has to be vaccinated if we get to this key number like in other words the thing you can't delude yourself and I would say to this soccer organization or whoever it is, don't think that this virus isn't going to mutate. The mere fact that Chris or Rick or Brian had a vaccine in, uh, you know, December of 2020 and had a, re- had a booster in January of 2021 does not mean that when you bring your little card in, in September of 2021, that there's not a different variant of the coronavirus vaccine. Or even at its best thing, I'm 90% protected, so there's still... I still could be carrying it, even though I don't have symptoms. That card, which says that, could actually be giving false information and assurances that you may not have. You know, you might be better off being with the person who had COVID, who got through it, never got the vaccine, mm-hmm. and and probably has better immunity than you have. Mm-hmm. I've also said a lot of us as doctors, I think we haven't gotten it to the numbers you would expect. We're wearing masks and things, but there's a part of me because you got to believe we've been exposed to everything over the years. I mean, little doses of different coronaviruses we don't even know about. Right. So I, you know, But I, to answer your question, I think we, it's dangerous ground. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to leave some, but I will tell you that I had an interview years ago. Uh, and there was a famous surgeon general who your listeners will remember named C. Everett who, and mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to interview C. Everkoop, who was the guy with the big beard, if you no. They were coming up with a chicken pox vaccine. And it, I, and it was very, I, did, I was not in favor of the varicella chickenpox chicken pox vaccine because I had seen people getting chickenpox, and they got lifelong immunity. And yes, a small percentage had problems, but it was lifelong immunity. And I remember at the time saying, I think this vaccine is being pushed because a lot of people can't have both parents at home or one parent at home missing work. For five to ten days with a child sick, and is this why the vaccine is there? Because my worry at the time, which didn't prove true, was if you have chickenpox when you're pregnant, it can cause potential birth issues. Mm-hmm. So I was worried that you would in, you would give that immunization to a five-year-old girl, and in twenty years, when the vaccine wore off, she might be pregnant and get chickenpox. Worse, if she had it as a child, she had lifelong immunity. Right. So that's the whole concept of booster. Well now you gotta start the booster hasn't been a problem. So we'll get a little technical here. But but at the time I said to him, I'm not a fan of this. And he said, and you know, it's a surgeon general, so you can kind of <laughs> he goes, Well, I don't care whether you're a fan or not, we've made the decision to go with the vaccine. So if you start telling people not to get the vaccine, that five-year-old's in big trouble because that five-year-old when they're trying won't have enough people immunized. And so, when you see the anti vaxxers, my worry is all the people who got their vaccines are at risk by those who choose not to. Mm -hmm. So, this may be something which becomes a regular vaccine if we show safety that might be given just like measles, mumps, rubella. I see that in the future. And again, you're always going to have people who are against the concept of vaccines, who believe that there's chips that are going to attract you, that are putting the vaccine, you know. And I've always said, you know what, follow me. <laughs> My life's not that I exciting. You know, you'll, 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 you'll die of boredom before uh, getting fired.
0: <laughs> but, Dr. Uh, Brian, I wanted to ask you a question because you're a professor at a medical school in Philly. They were talking on the news the other day about the Fauci effect and that is an increased number of people now applying to medical school are you seeing that and what you're feeling about
2: it i think it's wonderful i think knowing what i know and knowing what people who might be applying to medical school probably have researched and know and knowing you know i mean i I said it early on i mean you get used to it but you know i never saw myself as a hero i had a son-in-law who was in in the army and I always thought it was showing me how he's jumping out of airplanes. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, and I just looked at him. So I admire you so much right. because I'm such a chicken. And then here I was, like 60, going, I'm walking into a room. and could die. And I don't, especially early on, I don't know. And I'm going to myself, how did I get into this? Like, I didn't want to be here. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the RB <laughs> guy. And, you know, you do it because it's what you do and what you believe. And you hope you can help. And you make that decision. Right. Some do, some don't. But for a young person to consciously go into it, knowing that, hey, we're going to head into probably a number of these things in a 30-year span where we won't know because we're traveling more and there's more people and things are going to happen. The world's getting closer. Knowing what they could face and willing to take it, I find it's energizing. And teaching young people what I see, I mean, I deal with residents and I'm training people, the passion and the caring, but it's cool to see. And it, make, it restores your faith in humanity. So, yes. And I think Fauci you know, has carried himself so well. I Absolutely. Mean, he has, yeah. I mean, he's amazing because, you know, you only can guess what he's thinking, but he's always respectful. <laughs> always like he answers questions, but he answers honestly. Yep. And he doesn't do it. Like, just like I do. I'm not going to blame any individual. Everybody does the best they can with the skill set they have and their philosophies. But he just kept going back to the science.
1: Mm-hmm. And if you know, you
2: don't really hear him talk politically he just talks about the science and that's what we yeah. need now that's what you know, again why we did coronavirus today it's like people just need to hear things like we're talking about free and open because i think you'll believe people when they don't have a secondary game um, and the minute not that it's wrong i mean you have to have advertising everywhere but but the minute you have a secondary game it changes a perception especially on important issues mm. you know i you know i I can be against cigarette smoking. Everybody's against cigarette smoking, we get that, but this was important because it's new. And I also think the most important thing, and the last thing I'll leave you with, I think it's really critical is you can't be afraid to say when you're wrong with something like this. Right. So for instance, we're having this conversation and if in five weeks I find out that there's, you know some side effect, I won't even make up one, there's some side effect. I gotta say, I didn't know with the information I had, with the best of my ability, I did this, I even got the vaccine. But, you know, obviously, had I known, I wouldn't have done this. To try to say you never said it or to do that, there's no reason for that because then you lose it. You lose credibility. And the, the biggest thing we have right now it's the first time we ever had a medical condition where it's played itself out in the media. I mean, most of the things we treat, you know, right. I, I read it in a textbook or we've learned and it's gone through or it just secretly happens and nobody really watches because they're not worried about, you know, hip pain or something unless they have it. This is something that all of us were impacted by.
1: Well, I think that's why we wanted to have a voice like yours on the show to, to bring some sensibility and calm, something you, you don't have an agenda. You don't have a side that you're trying to push, which unfortunately the media on all sides seems to be misinforming a lot of people. And within social media, there's a tremendous amount of that. Real quick, because we're running out of time, anxiety that has come with this. In my mind, I'm thinking, because this virus, won't go away completely. I'm sure three, four, five, six years from now, there's still going to be some cases where it pops up. And every time somebody hears COVID-19, somebody tested positive, I think I feel like our brains and the synapses are so wired to the anxiety that we felt this go around. Is that going to keep happening to us?
2: The way the way usually things work with anxiety is it, it's heightened, but it's always under the surface. Right. So I imagine what will happen will be if three years from now you go to work and somebody says they had COVID nineteen, you'll probably kind of stay away from them for a few weeks or whatever and then move on and see they're back inside. Where and you'll be a little anxious. I think where you'll get really anxious will be if your college age student calls and says there's been a COVID outbreak at the college or something. That will bring the the anxiety back. No matter what therapeutics are out there, you're you're we're always gonna think about that many of us now have family members or others who we've lost. You know, is that person you know at risk? And I think that will always be there. But it's probably no different. We we, we tend to block things like uh, cancer, heart disease, all these things. We tend to block. We're aware of things, but you know, normal coping mechanisms.
1: Right. You know, some anxiety is a good thing. So, somebody's vaccinated, they will not get the impact that they're exposed to the virus and the virus gets in them, their body will be able to handle it. But does that mean they are not contagious to somebody else who didn't get the vaccine? So can a vaccinated person spread the virus, I guess is my question.
2: Great question. Well, first of all, the two things we really don't know because we're not looking long-term are, if you're vaccinated and you're exposed to COVID, because you may not have 100% protection, the symptoms will be minimized, we hope. And we believe that will be the case. And we won't get as sick as we would have. That's your first thing. But we don't know until we see it play out over time. But the second question is, I would think that even if your body has made a great immune reaction to COVID and you have it in your system, you could spread that virus Hmm. uh, because it's in your system and it's there and you acquired it. But again, I'm just thinking like a doctor speculating logically, if, if your antibodies are revved up to it, tack it and let's just assume it's you know you're putting it in a shredder you're shredding that virus quicker than if you weren't so theoretically it won't last in your system as long i'm also wondering if we have you'll have less of that asymptomatic time you mm-hmm. know how we have asymptomatic carriers now because your body you don't really feel it you don't have a reaction When our body reacts is when we get sick right so it's possible and this could be helpful, that if I'm exposed to the virus after being vaccinated, that I immediately are going to start having a reaction, get sick, and stay home. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, this is all stuff we're going to learn. You know, people have asked me, they listen to the old coronaviruses, and they say, like, you predicted the future. And I go, no, It's this virus is very predictable. So even the things I'm saying right now, if I had the bet, I would say, Probably that's what we're going to see because of what I know if, uh, from the virus. But that answers your question. Yeah, I think that's why I think it's important if you get the vaccine for an extended period of time, you're still wearing a mask. Like Please tell me
0: there now. is good news in that there is no COVID 20.
2: Yes, they, they did a good thing. <laughs> they made it 19, so it doesn't have a thing. I, I, I actually have thought about that off, you know, and I do see people, and I don't disagree. I was watching ESPN the other night, and somebody said, you know, only a couple more weeks of 2020. And I thought, you know, I'm not usually that way. And I'm going, yeah, let's just get rid of this year. <laughs> it, has not been, it has not been a year. I mean, you know, I think people are going to look back and go, oh, you know, oh, you were around in 2020. I mean, I think a baby was born in 2020. They're going to say, oh, you're a 2020 baby. I just think it's going to be one of those things where that will be with us for a long time.
1: Well, you know, you, you are a card-carrying member of the Middle Age Warriors yourself, uh, <laughs> Dr. McDonough. Yeah. With that in mind, and that's part of the issue where I struggle sometimes emotionally with this is that, look, you know, I'm going to be 60. I don't have a year to throw away and go, well, I'll just put this one in the, you know, toss it in the in the, in the bin. It's, and, and it's one year I, I lost out on. Every moment now seems very important to me. I lost my wife. She was 54 years old. I know tomorrow I could step out on the street and get hit by a bus or I could go to a doctor and get diagnosed with something that's going to kill me in, in two months. So every day is critical. How do you, where, where should we put it in our heads and emotionally to be patient that this is a marathon, not a sprint that we're dealing with? Well,
2: first of all, sorry for your loss. I, um, I think this is what's important. And I'll tell you what I've learned. I always have worked hard, like many people, and always said, going to travel here, going to do this, going to do that. I think what this has taught me, um, shortly before this happened, my wife and I actually went to the family. I got Irish citizenship and got a degree from Ireland. I'm kind of nerdy and wanted to learn about Irish studies. So I went to school at NUI Galway and did an online course for like four years and got my degree. So I brought the whole family to graduate. And then my wife and I sent them home. And then my wife and I went to Scotland. So for the first time in forever, we went away for two weeks. It was so great. And I loved it. And I, but I kind of took it for granted. And I went, okay, it was a nice trip. I keep going back, looking at that, thinking about traveling, being with family, doing all those different things. And what I'm getting out of this is I may lose a year, I may lose 18 months, but I think I'm going to gain 10 years while I'm still young enough to enjoy it. And my advice would be take this, learn from it. And it doesn't have to be, you know, the trip to Scotland, spending your life savings. It can just mean that I'm going to such and such. I'm going to Central Park, Valley Forge Park, whatever, and we're going to spend an hour and have that picnic and do the things we want. Like, that's what I think we have to take out of this. Mm-hmm. Treasure every moment because, in a way, all of us have died a little bit this year. Yeah. Um, we haven't physically died, but we've all died and seeing what that is, and that's permanent. So when we get a chance, we should take advantage of it. And even when you saw all the, the things in the streets and the stuff, that a lot of the stuff we saw, there are some positives out of this. And the positives are that maybe we're a little more sensitive about everybody's needs, and maybe we're gonna be better and learn from
0: it. You know what? I think we really needed a sip out of a glass that is half full, and you are that half full guy. And we really appreciate your upbeat message and spending some time with us on middle Age Warriors. And I, I hope we can have you back again soon, maybe not even talk about COVID, but mm-hmm. St. Patrick's Day, which will be here before we know it, right? But
2: it's so true. You know, we
1: want to talk about good things. Right. No, I'm sure you're overloaded with a lot of this, and you're helping a lot of people through this. My best to you, your family. It was wonderful to see you again. I hope to see you in a much better light the next time. And maybe we can we can all get together, have that glass of yeah. wine, and watch people at Pula uh, <laughs> I
2: Love talking to both of you, and I. Hey, appreciate all the stuff you guys have done. You know, you know, we're all fans of each other. I think over the years, all the work you've done, it's you've made great contributions, and you, you're continuing. So, thanks for having me. Thank,
0: Thank you, Dr. You. Brian. All right. Be well.
2: Take care. Thanks
1: again. Well, that conversation could have gone on longer. Obviously, uh, you know, he's just a, a plethora, as they say, of information and knowledge. But I like, I really like his approach to delivering the information. I mean, that's that's the most astounding thing about him.
0: You know what? I've listened to him on Ten Ten Wins here in New York for years, and uh, he is everything and more. He was such a pleasure to talk with and to listen to and I think you made a really good point. He talked to us not at us, not down to us
1: right he's not he's not one of those doctors that's you know talking over over us or over our head or trying to confuse us or mislead us in, in a different direction and I the one thing he, he brought out that I loved is the honesty of hey, this is what I know right now this is what I think it could change. Uh, weeks or, yeah. months or years from now because things we're constantly learning and we sometimes think that doctors are God and they already are all knowing and they're not. They're human beings just like the rest of us and I think that's what he really projects the best but he certainly has much more knowledge than we do about any of this stuff. Real quick, off air, uh, Rick and I were just laughing because he did a little piece apparently you could find on YouTube uh, for the holidays, dealing with <laughs> oh, yeah. something about we need to create more Santa bodies. Santa bodies. <laughs> uh, so That's check that brilliant. out. It's Dr. Brian McDonough. So uh, check it out. Do a search on YouTube. You'll find it there. But uh, any last thoughts, Rick?
0: No, I just, uh, I'm so glad that we had a chance to talk with Dr. McDonough. He really is a breath of fresh air in what has been a pretty stagnant environment with COVID-19.
1: Yeah. Well, the, the good news, and I guess the sensibility now with the vaccine, and as we move forward, even as bad as it is right now in terms of actual numbers, and probably will be, uh, it instead of being stagnant, I feel like we're finally, the train is finally leaving the, that ugly station to get to a better place. And at least it's it's going to be put in motion in the next uh, weeks and months ahead. So with that until next time sunshine always rick
0: be good feel good and only a couple months till spring training oh play ball (laughs) hey thanks for joining us again on middle Age warriors here on the believe podcast network please subscribe and rate the show on itunes five stars would be really really nice not that i'm trying to influence you or anything stitcher and Spotify. Middle-Aged Warriors, your mileage may vary.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe.